Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show. Merry Christmas holiday, Winterfest. With Bob. People love Santa Claus. Who knew? And Sherry. I think everyone. And now, broadcasting from the Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. And it's officially December, so now we can have a steady diet of Hallmark Channel Christmas movies without guilt or shame, my friends. When did it become... The Hallmark season. I'm gonna like they used to have like one or two movies out. I actually have the answer. And now it's just like they have flooded the market. I actually have the answer to that. Uh Um, Over the weekend, I of course had the Hallmark Channel on, and the great thing about it is, is you can only pay a little bit of attention and not lose the thread. You can come in and out of the room. Oh, is that right? And and you're yeah. It's not Schindler's List. Yeah, right. Okay, it does exactly. not require that <laughs> it's you not give a it your John LeCarry book. No. So the Hallmark um, Christmas Channel thing actually began in 2001 when ABC kicked off a 25 Days of Christmas programming spree. Mm-hmm. And Hallmark, the Hallmark Channel watched that and was like, that's a good idea. But it didn't turn into the reality you know, we remember, know now until 2011. I remember Disney doing that. And so Hallmark saw it and said, that's a format. And I know I learned a couple of other Ah. things. I have, I also have, I hunted it down so I could share it with you. The complete list of all Hallmark Hallmark Channel Christmas movies for 2019. Don't tease us. But first, um, here's something I learned. They not only take just a couple of weeks to film these movies, almost all of them are filmed in Canada because they can get snowy locations. Mm Mm-hmm. And then and it's cheaper. And the, the budgets are $2 million. That's it. $2 million is a lot of money, mm-hmm. except when you're making a movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's another fun fact. Um, someone did research on why you get addicted to these Hallmark Christmas Channel movies. Because there are people who are physically and mentally addicted to these movies. Mm-hmm. And here's what they said. Can I guess? Yeah. It's a combination of nostalgia and escapism to a, a simpler time where problems could be solved. That's basically it. Yeah. The The deal is there is absolutely no reality at any level mm-hmm. in any aspect of these movies. Mm-hmm. Not in the plot, not in the production, not in the set design. There is zero reality. That's the escape. And the genre, it's a Christmas movie. It has to have a happy ending. And it's going to have nostalgia. Even if it has a sad beginning and middle. Right. Right? right, and so you suspend disbelief because it's Christmas and it's familiar and it's comfortable. And, and if there is uh, some sort of conflict, it'll be resolved positively, and so there's no tormenting yourself at the end of it. In there's, a in an in a era, you know, I bet one of the reasons they've become so prolific is the era that we're living in. Yeah, because people there's, are looking there's for so comfort. much stress. Yeah. Well, here's acrimony. A f- Here's a fun thing. Oh, first of all, um, there's a convention now for people who love Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. 
they had their first one in New Jersey. There's a convention like Comic-Con or um, the Walking Dead thing. The Hallmark Channel Christmas movie thing is part of why cable is still a thing. Because even when people cord cut, it turns out that they delay cord cutting until after Christmas so that they can binge the Hallmark Christmas channels. No kidding. Yeah. Huh. I read the thing that you were talking about last week the other day in the New York Times about how movies that are not big blockbusters are having a hard time getting made unless they go on Netflix. They don't with a with specific women, yeah. o- with a specific audience women. that the romantic comedies that you would see in theaters are are, are getting less and less produced because the DVD business is gone. Yeah, and that's how those movies yeah, are yeah. profitable. So um, I'm going to run you through some of the uh, titles and plots okay. for this year's Hallmark Christmas Channel movies. Do you want me to break here, Max? Yeah, yeah let's break and come back and do, do that. Do they rerun them? Like oh. uh, no, but I mean one that what's produced this year would that be oh, rerun yeah. oh, like no. like four years from now? <laughs> All yeah, year oh, round yeah. in July. You yeah, can in July watch them. especially. And just so just so you know, we're going to start with Christmas wishes and mistletoe kisses. While we're in the break, see if you can guess the plot. <laughs> it's Bob. Yow. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the Bob and Sherry Off Air Podcast called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. In the current Oddcast, we talked to Sean Kipe about his true crime podcast, In the Red Clay, and a 50 year old murder that's been solved. Or has it? The Bob and Sherry Off Air Podcast, the Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, bobandsherry.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sergeant Chance Shrewsbury. I'm from Mullins, West Virginia. I'm currently assigned to 210 HHB in South Korea. And I uh, just want to wish a Merry Christmas to my family, my siblings, my grandparents, and I can't wait to get home to you guys and spend one with you. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. All right, Hallmark Channel Christmas movie fans, here's your lineup. Christmas wishes and mistletoe kisses. Single mom Abby takes a leap of faith to pursue her career as an interior designer. She gets hired to decorate the estate of a wealthy local businessman, but she must complete the job by Christmas Eve. Will she be able to get his house decorated by Christmas Eve? And how will she break down the walls between them? If she doesn't, what's he going to do? Whip her? Shoot her? I mean, come on. Where's the drama there? Give me a break. All right, By maybe way, you'll like this next one better. Are you ahead. ready? Go ahead. This is Marion Bright. It's the story of Kate, the CEO of the Marion Bright Candy Cane Company, and Gabe, who works for Empire Corporate Recovery, which has been hired to take a closer look at Marion Bright's books to see if they can make them more profitable. It's a tough beginning, but it turns out Kate and Gabe have a lot more in common than their business sense. That's for real. That's the plot. (laughs) That's the plot. Oh, you're going to love this one. A Christmas scavenger hunt. Belinda heads back to her hometown for the holidays, but things get complicated because she is forced, forced, I tell you, to team up with her ex, Dustin, at the town's annual Christmas scavenger hunt. I know what Dustin's looking for. Uh, (laughs) um, The Christmas Club. Uh, Two busy strangers, um, Olivia and Edward, meet when they help an elderly woman find her lost Christmas savings. 
Thanks to fate and Christmas magic, they find something they lost too. True love. Um, Let me know when I land on one you'd like to see, okay? Yeah, not so far. See, if that was bad Santa, he would help the old lady find the money and then he would steal it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this is the Hallmark Channel. Yeah, I know. I know. Sense, sensibility, and snowmen. (laughs) Ella and her sister Marianne clash with their client Edward, who is a not-so-jolly toy company CEO. That's the plot? I'm sorry. I was waiting for something a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it again. Um, Ella and her sister Marianne uh-huh. clash with their client Edward, who is a not so jolly toy company CEO. You know, this is all about just sort of not feeling frightened about the world. Yeah, that's you know, exactly what this they, is. They hint at something that could be negative, but it seems like very quickly it becomes positive. This is it's the, a bubble. It's this, like being in one of those snow. Uh, Snow globes. globes. Listen to this fantasy. Um, This is called Christmas Town. Lauren leaves everything behind in Boston to embark on a new chapter in her life and career. But an unforeseen detour to the charming town of Grandin Falls makes her discover unexpected new chapters of the heart, helping her to embrace once again the magic of Christmas. So she got basically got off the interstate to pee. Yeah. And the next thing you knew, she's in a romantic relationship. Or something, yeah. What do you mean, or something? What I'm just, I can happens? only, I can only tell you what I have here. How about a Merry Christmas match? Corey lives in a ski village and works at a local antique shop. When recently named Christmas Catch Rider comes into her shop, sparks fly, and she starts to wonder, what could this be? What does Rider do? He's Outside a, of it, um, he's you know, Christmas. apologize for his name daily. He's a Christmas catch. How about two <laughs> turtle doves? Dr. Sharon Hayes searches for a beloved family heirloom in a small Christmas town. When she unexpectedly discovers an adorable little girl and her disheartened father, she realizes that Christmas miracles really do happen. Does she marry the father? It doesn't. I'm just giving you the What plot was she summary. looking for? Like an old clock or something? <laughs> That's the plot? I could write these plots so easily. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, and you'd be sleeping a lot later. I would be. That'd yeah. be fantastic. And people would love you. They would be like, oh, is that Bob Lacey, the architect of those wonderful Hallmark Channel Christmas movies? You would a be radio, beloved. A radio personality goes shopping for Christmas and then suddenly in the mall realizes he'll be paying for these people until they put him in the ground. <laughs> it's called Put Him in the Ground. I know you would. Hey, you are? (laughs) Every day. Every day. You want to hear another one? Oh, yeah. Okay, let me find another good one for you. Christmas in Rome. Um, Angela is fired from her job in Rome as a tour guide just before Christmas. But luckily, she crosses paths with an American executive named Oliver, who's trying to buy a high-end Italian ceramics company. Oliver hires Angela to be his tour guide around Rome, and the owner of the ceramics company won't sell it to him because he says Oliver does not understand the heart and soul of Rome. 
Will Angela be his teacher? I think so. That one is the most intriguing so far. I that, wonder if they shot hey, it. Hey, that premiered just a couple of days ago on Saturday. Really? Yeah, that one's brand new, everybody. I'm watching that one. I'm Thank watching. You, Sherry. I'm watching. Put him in the ground. <laughs> it's going to be a great season. <laughs> Listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Hey everyone back home, it's Major Ryan Voller, deployed in the Middle East currently with 347th RSG. Just want to wish everybody a happy holidays, especially my family, my wife Sharon, and my boys Uriah and Kanan. Love you all. Can't wait to come home soon. Miss ya. A heartfelt thank you for serving. Here's Bob and Sherry. You know the other day when you when you were talking about um, things not to bring up in conversation. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. I came across something and I thought, oh, Bob's gonna love this. These are things that you can use to fill awkward silences. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, this will be usable for and many I of our listeners. Saw this, I saw this on BuzzFeed, mm-hmm. and it's just perfect. Okay. Because you and I, part of it is what we do for a living. We cannot abide in awkward silence. Nope. It's got to be the, filled. The only time I enjoy a good awkward silence is when we're in a meeting with management. Yeah. And then I can sit there with the silence of the grave. It'd be for inscrutable. As long yeah. as it takes. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, we like to fill an awkward silence. Here are some fun things you can drop into an awkward silence. Okay. Did you know that Shel Silverstein, the author of children's books, wrote a bunch of hit songs, including A Boy Named Sue? Yes. You knew that? I, I did, I did know not that. know that. Did you know he was also a cartoonist and playboy? I did know that. Yeah. I did know yeah, he that. Was, he was quite the Renaissance man. Um, here's another thing. This will be fun to drop into a conversation. Like, let's say, Bob, you're at a party with a bunch of Mary's friends, mm-hmm. and they're talking about the TV show Outlander, which you don't watch even though you should, but right. that's how you are. But you don't watch Outlander. You've heard me talk about Outlander, so you know right. it has something to do with Scotland, right. right? You would clear your throat and you would say, ladies, in your way, so try it. I don't use the word ladies. I, I think it's um, you know, I don't a little like, demeaning. I don't like I, ladies I don't or gals. But Yeah. All right. Um, you know, in that situation, I don't know how I get everybody's attention. You I guess I, people, I would say, listen, y'all. You could tell people that the national animal of Scotland uh-huh. is the unicorn. Because people believe that unicorns existed for thousands of years and... Uh, it's a belief that's apparently especially entrenched in Scotland, and it is their national animal. I'm going to be honest. If I did that, there would be a si- another awkward silence while people stared at me, and one of them would go, huh, <laughs> and I would look like a big Christmas ass. You think you couldn't finesse that? Well, there's no such thing as unicorns. That's what makes it an interesting fun fact. That it's the nat- a mythical creature is the national animal of Scotland. It's one of those things. No, it's too out there. It's it's so bizarre that I would know that they would just pause. Huh. How about this one? How about this one? Tell me how comfortable you are okay. with this one. Hey, I don't know if you knew this, but Nikola Tesla once fell in love with a pigeon. To use his words, as a man loves a woman. He nursed her back to health and then fell in love with her. Tesla, the uh, inventor mm-hmm. of electricity, some people think, fell in love with a pigeon. 
had some kind of relationship with it. Huh. See, they've got nowhere to go when you talk about a man who's with a pigeon. There's the, the gals, <laughs> the babes, the skirts, <laughs> the ladies. They got nowhere to go but. Huh. <laughs> you know, when you express it that way. Yeah. Well, I'm a normal human being. That's why I did. <laughs> I realize. This is the most bizarre bunch of baloney. Right, here's another one. Ready for another one? Did you know that Nicholas Tesla fell in love with, what was it, a pigeon? A pigeon. <laughs> and loved the pigeon the way a man loves a woman. Huh. <laughs> You're making this up just to jerk me around. I thought, you know, in all sincerity, when I saw this, I was like, Bob is going to love this, and this will help him because he hates an awkward silence. Are you ready? Let's have the next one. You'll like the next one. Yeah, I'm over four No, seriously, you're going to like the next one. Um, The British invented the myth that carrots help your eyesight during World War II because they wanted to keep a brand new wartime invention secret. Radar allowed the British to spy on Germans during the nighttime, but they were scared that if the Germans learned how they were able to do it, they would try to copy the technology. So they spread the rumor that the British, the Royal Air Force pilots, were eating a diet very, very high in carrots, and it improved their eyesight. See, I totally believe that as historical fact, but I don't know how I'm... Moving the RAF's heroism into a Christmas cocktail party. But it's, you have this to comes, admit. This stuff comes out of the blue. It's an awkward silence. You're changing the subject and giving people something new to talk about. Okay, l- let me show you how, how, this makes it even more awkward. <laughs> like, pretend you're doing a conversation with uh, with Evelyn. Yeah, okay? so uh, anyway, I said to her, listen, if you're not going to keep your grades up, I'm, um, you know, you're not going to be able to dance. I mean, that's the rule. You know that. Ladies, can I tell you something that I know about the Nazis? <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> it, it, it's like a Zamboni is brought into the dining room. It just knocks everything out of the way for no apparent reason. <laughs> But if you wanted to change the tone of the evening, bringing up that man-pigeon love thing, that'll do it. That's the last one I'm going to. I'm going I'm going with the Nazi with the Nazi thing first. What a creep. He's kind of off, isn't he? He's, he's an to bring odd that thing man. up and Why would you company? say that? Yeah. Why would you say that about a man? Do you think there's some hidden message in there? Yeah. You know, honestly, if that happened on the way home, we would be talking about it, and I'd go, that guy kept talking about Nicholas Tesla having relations with a pigeon. Yeah. And Kevin would say, I'm telling you, that's what he's into. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he brought it up. Yeah, that's exactly You're, right. Don't do, you know what? Don't do That's any right. of this. This is a terrible yeah. idea. Don't do any of it. I apologize. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry store restocked with cooking with cats. Sherry Lynch's cookbook with great recipes and pictures, of course, of lots of cats. He's a man's man. And now available, the book of Bob. That makes me so happy. Sherry has written down Bob's proclamations and witticisms over the years. Really? <laughs> and now in book. Form. I'm fabulous. But it's not available any place but at the Bob and Sherry store. I am sorry for living. At BobandSherry.com. Hi. 
My name is Captain Letitia Ballard. I'm here with the 384th Cosk and Eric John Kuwait. I just want to say ho, 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 and Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy New Year. Wishing you all the love, and uh, thank you so much for everything that each and every one of you do. Love you much. Bye-bye. A heartfelt thank you for serving. Here's Bob and Sherry. Oh, if you weren't with us just a few minutes ago, I oh, I so wish you were here. Sherry was just giving us some helpful uh, little uh, conversation starters when when you're at a Christmas party. When there's party an awkward silence. And there's an awkward silence, and, and uh, they were they were amazing. Like, just bring up out of the blue that Nicholas Tesla once had a uh, romantic relationship with a pigeon, and uh, was just he, he loved this pigeon so much he, he like a man loves a like woman. a man loves a woman and wanted to marry the pigeon. You know, I've told you before that I'm, I struggle with hiding the fact that I'm a weirdo. This, the, this, is, this is an example of what I mean by that. That struck me as, I cannot wait to have an opportunity to tell people that Nikola's Tesla was once in love with a pigeon. Okay, but at a Christmas party, you don't... And now I realize that that is not something I should do. No, maybe on the radio, because you and I can, you know, riff on it. You can't bring... The, you don't have a microphone when you go to somebody's house at a Christmas party. It is not like doing radio... You've been doing this too long, girl. I just... And, and, you, and I, got, I got a sick feeling in my stomach when, when I started thinking about my delivering those lines <laughs> to a group of women at a holiday party. <laughs> Some of whom I know, some of whom I got. You know why I got a sick feeling? I, I, it's, I think I've told you this once a long time ago. I still want to throw up when I think of this situation. You ever have situations where yes. just, just thinking I about try it not makes to you want to think barf? about them. Yep. So I finally got an uh, actual date with this girl that I really had my eye on. And she finally said, yes, yes. And, and so she, she was with someone and they broke up. And as soon as they broke up, I moved right in as quickly as I could. And uh, she always went to this preppy bar on Wednesdays. And these were all guys that all, they all went to the same high school together. They all went to the same college together. They all went to the same bank together. They all, I mean, it was like yeah. their place and I'm moving in there, right? But she was kind of a preppy girl. And so, you know, that's where she hung out on Wednesday nights. Yeah. She says, why don't you meet me over there? Over there at Sundry's. I went, okay. And somehow, I don't know how I got it, but somebody gave me, it was some promotion, this monkey that's in a box. And you crank the box, the monkey pops up, and he starts hitting a little symbols. Yeah, we've all seen that. You've seen that one? Yeah. Well, this was a long time ago, so I'd never seen that before. And I, was, I thought it was hysterical. So I bring the, the monkey in the box. And uh, we're sitting down, and it's one of these booths that has like six people in it. She's in there, and I'm in there too. I can see her right over there, and her friends, they're being very nice and everything. And uh, she said, what's that? And I said, I, somebody sent me this at the radio station. And so I crank it, and then the monkey pops up, and he starts hitting the tambourines. And there's a long pause. Nobody. And I hear her say, oh, Came with a prop. Well, Bob. It's hard um, to casually and and subtly and suavely push a monkey with the tambourines back into a box and the damn thing would not seal. And then where do I put it? I got a monkey in a box on the bar table. I'm a weirdo and I wouldn't bring 
a monkey in a box to a date. Because then I thought it was so you had to bring when you left. If you didn't take the monkey with you, if you tried to like escape your shame by leaving the monkey behind, yeah. Her friend Biff. Her friend Biff would follow. Hey, pal. Yeah. Looks like you forgot your little best friend. (laughs) You left your monkey. know what I was thinking. Now, in hindsight, don't you see how Nikola's Tesla being in love with a pigeon was better? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> you gotta give me that. Yeah. It's the best <laughs> Bob and Cher. Best, best. You guys kill me. I love you, Bob and Cher. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Use the Talk Back feature Talk Back feature on the free Bob and Sherry app and leave us a message. All right, Max has worked on something really fun. Um, he came up with the the secret kind of hidden meanings that have been lost of some of the most popular traditional Christmas songs. Ooh. Like they mean you they don't mean just what you think they mean. They're uh-huh. messages and symbols and stuff. Oh. So why don't we start with the twelve days of Christmas? Okay, so what's the hidden meaning? And if you were with us yesterday, we once again salute Bob for his clever, crafty way of sneaking in the cost of the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah, and I had you interested toward the end. The song was written by Catholics as a way to celebrate their faith in secret. Between 1552 and 1829, it was illegal in England for Catholics to practice Catholicism. So they made up a song with secret messages so that they could celebrate their faith. A partridge in a pear tree, um, is that's God, because a partridge used to be a symbol for a sacred king. Mm-hmm. Two turtle doves, Old and New Testaments, three French hens, the God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, God, the Son, the Holy yeah, Spirit, yeah, yeah. four calling birds, the four gospels, and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, the ten lords a-leaping were the mm-hmm. ten commandments. Ah. Um, the 12 drummers drumming, those are the 12 disciples of Jesus. And so this was a basically undercover way of an doing undercover it. protest song. Was the the Pope was not in there? Um I don't think so, no. No, no I don't think the Pope ah. is in there. Um, okay, that's, so that's, that's fascinating. That yeah, what's the next one? Next up, Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> You better watch out. So listen to this for a minute. You're not going to believe the story. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice. He's going to find out who's not nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. The man who wrote this was named James Gillespie, and he had just lost his brother, and he was grieving. And he was traumatized by his brother's death. 
he was sitting on the subway um, reminiscing about the childhood that he and his brother had and how at Christmas time his mom their mom would tell them that they better behave because Santa Claus was watching and right there on the subway thinking about his brother and remembering that he did all the lyrics and he submitted them the next day that's very poignant and it became Mm -hmm. this happy song which you would never have guessed had sadness came from tragedy yeah all right, now we go to Deck the Halls. Deck the Halls with clouds of hot leaf. This is pentatonics, by the way. Season to be jolly. So, back in 16th century Wales, a man named Thomas Oliphant took a very traditional New Year's song and transformed it into Deck the Halls. The tune is the same, and most of the lyrics are changed, are the same, except he did change one line. In the original song, the lyric was, Oh, how soft my fair one's bosom. He changed that to Deck the Halls with Bows of Holly. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So he actually brought in the words Deck the Halls. Yeah. But the song has been around for 400 years? Yeah. It just, That's amazing. It was for New Year's, yeah. not for Christmas. That's amazing. It's been around a lot. All right. Um, next up, All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front so horrible. My two front teeth. See my two front teeth. Gee, if I could only have my two front teeth, then I could wish you Merry Christmas. So the songwriter, Donald, and it's a married couple, Donald and Doris Gardner, they were singing with a second grade class. And the assignment was they were going around the room and each child had to sing what they wanted for Christmas. They couldn't right. say it. Right. And um, Donald Gardner said, so many of these kids were missing their front teeth. <laughs> and the lisp was so adorable that they uh-huh. wrote an entire song about it. Actually, that's kind of sweet, isn't it? It's yep. hard to listen to, but it's, that's a sweet thing. Yeah. Do you have what was the year? Do you have the year? I don't that, that for was that the, one. I, I think fifties. I, I think it was earlier than I think it was like really? late forties. Late forties. Yeah. And right. then next up we have Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way. Oh what fun it is to ride in the Chevrolet. Jingle Bells, Jingle Jingle, Jingle all the way. So here is. Here's a fun trivia fact that you can use while you're trying to make awkward conversation at your company Christmas party. Jingle Bells is the very first song that was ever broadcast from space. The astronauts on Gemini 6 played Jingle Bells. It's the very first song that was ever broadcast from space. But it was actually written as a Thanksgiving song. So I guess they were up there at this time of the year? It was act- Like I said, it was yeah. actually a Thanksgiving song. Yeah. There are no real Thanksgiving songs that I can think of. There's, there's got to be some out there somewhere, but not like Christmas songs. So was it called Jingle Bells? Yeah. That's true. Yeah, because there's, there's no mention of... Uh, yeah, of We're the holiday. Just yeah. Dashing through the snow. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, we'll come back and do some more of these. Yeah. It's Bob and Sherry. 
the Bob and Sherry store is crowded with all kinds of great merchandise. It's always something. Including the new It's Always Something coloring book. It's always something. A coloring book for exhausted adults. Plus Sherry's cookbook, Cooking with Cats, the book of Bob. I know I'm a blowhard. He's a double blowhard. Mixes from the scone goddess. Ah. Candles. Mother of all mothers merch. And much, much more. Come check out the Bob and Sherry store. Conveniently located on the shop tab at bobandsherry.com. Uh, my name is PFC Max Gorlis. I'm from Denver, Colorado, and I'm assigned the 67 Bravo battery. And I just want to tell my family back home, my mom, my dad, Merry Christmas. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. Back to the songs. This is really interesting. The uh, story behind the story of well-known Christmas songs. Yeah, Max, this is really cool. Thank you. So we've already done Jingle Bells, All I Want for Christmas, My Two Front Teeth, Deck the Halls, Santa Claus Coming to Town, 12 Days of Christmas. Now we're at O Little Town of Bethlehem. O Little Town of Bethlehem. This is Jewel, by the way. How still we see the light above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth. I like this version. Okay, so so the man the who wrote it is named Philip Brooks, and he actually rode on horseback from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to participate in the nativity scene that's held every year in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to fully experience it, mm-hmm. so he was part of a caravan of people that rode on horseback. And he said the experience was so profound and so inspiring and left, made him feel so connected to the story, the original story of Christ's birth, that that inspired him to write the song. You know, this has a very peaceful feel to it. Yep. I've never heard it where it did not, and I would imagine being out in the desert on horseback or camel or whatever, there wouldn't be much noise, there'd be a lot of peace, and if you caught a good night, maybe a starry sky. And so he was inspired. Next up is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which was originally written for a movie... Meet me in St. Louis, but it's very dark, and it was actually darker. The director and the actors in the movie got the guy that wrote the song, Hugh Martin, and they said, dude, this is so depressing, and so he actually changed the lyrics. They were more depressing than they are now? I can't imagine, unless, what were you giving me grief about? Um... Have yourself talking about like my dog getting older and stuff yesterday. <laughs> I mean, they, this was really make depressing. If you want to see, if you want to take this song and make it a hundred times more depressing, I think I might have mentioned this to you last year. I can't. Do, you, do I need to move along? Yeah. Okay, let's get the others in. Um, White Christmas, which was written by Irving Berlin. Yes. He was all alone in New York and he was missing his family, and it happened to air on the radio, debuted on the radio 
shortly after Pearl Harbor was bombed, and so it became an anthem for soldiers the following Christmas. Oh, is that right? And that's how it originally got traction as a hit, yeah. because it was something we played so it for was the military. Re- it was released, but then, uh, that's right, because of Pearl Harbor, around that time of the year, yeah. And this next one mm-hmm. was not supposed to be a Christmas song. It's a Ukrainian folk song, which is all about celebrating how spring is here. It's about birds flying into your home to bring you luck. It's Carol of the Bells. Sweet silver bells all seem to say, throw cares away. Christmas is here, bringing the This is another Christmas song you either really like or you hate or you don't want to hear it. An English songwriter heard the Ukrainian folk version mm-hmm. and changed it to make it a Christmas song. This is pentatonics again, by the way. And finally, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, the writer, Robert May felt like an outcast all throughout his childhood. He had bad grades. He was younger than the other kids in his class. He wrote the song because he was trying to turn it into a children's book, but um, it never made it as a book. It made it as a song. As a song. And now we have Rudolph the Red-Nosed Is that Reader. right? Very good. Nice job there, Max. The story behind the story with our beloved and Christmas course, songs. Like Christmas was the first song where the recording outsold the sheet music. Oh, is that right? That one fact from the day. Was that in the movie? I think it was in a Bing Crosby movie, yes. Holiday Inn. Yes. I think that's where I read yeah, I knew about it was that one. Yeah. It's the best <laughs> Bob and Sherry. That's the best. You guys kill me. I love you, Bob and Oh, thank, thank you so you. much. Hey, so I'm specialist Mama Jim Dennis with 384th Cosk here in Camp Arujan. Uh, just wanted to tell you, I uh, want to talk to my parents, tell you Merry Christmas. I miss you lots, and I'll be back home soon. Here's Bob and Sherry. I'm so excited because my sister from another mister is on the line. Do you remember the other day when I was telling you about how when I was a kid, I loved to sing, and I would sing out loud and proud, and then in third grade, I got disinvited from Glee Club because it became apparent that I was never going to be able to carry a tune. Yes. Well, Sarah's on the line, and she's got a story. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good, thank you. So this is about singing in Christmas? Well, my parents, never. we never went to church, so all my friends would be telling me all about the pageant at Christmas time, and they got to wear these big robes, and everybody looked so cool, and they sang Christmas carols. And I begged and begged. I was in, I was in fourth grade. I begged to go. I wanted to sing in the choir so bad and wear one of those shiny robes. Well, I went to every practice. I got to ride the little school by the bus for the church, and it was so fun. And I sang and sang and sang. <laughs> and on and on the day of the of the uh, pageant, I got to, I got the red robe, and I was feeling really good. And uh, the pastor came to me that day and said, "Listen, Sarah, why don't you just move your lips today?" Oh, oh Sarah! No. So you know, I'm in the back. You know when you're trying not to cry and you're like, <laughs> that, yes. that was me oh, in the back no. of the, and the really kicker here was my dad was a music teacher, so it was mortifying, but uh, <laughs> I, oh, can't, I can't carry a tune in a backpack, but that day was the worst. I'll never forget it. I'm 60 years old and I still don't forget that. Did, did your parents come to the pageant? No. <laughs> oh, there's another sad <laughs> So when I got home, I... I just bawled like a baby on the bus on the way home. and oh, Yeah, but I was so excited. I had my robe, and I thought, oh, I had my hair done. I looked so cute. No, I, he said, just move your lips today, okay? 
And when the pastor tells you, because like when the nuns or priests would tell me something when I was a kid, it was like God had called them on the phone yeah. and said, pass this along. Like, it had more gravitas. It had so much weight. Yeah. Sarah, what? Because I bet when you're alone, because when I'm alone, I sing my heart out. Do you still sing when you're alone? Oh, my God. I sing in the car all the time. I sing to my dogs. They hate me. What are, no. what, like, what's a favorite song that you like to sing when you're by yourself? Um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Let's duet together right now. You want to? Are you oh my ready? God. Okay. okay. Hey, for anyone that's tired of this world, we're about to kill you and get you out of here. Are you ready? Here this we go. This is one of the most difficult songs in the world to sing. Ready? Here we go. You ready, Sarah? Yep. Go. Wait, I, I, are we... Somewhere over the, the rainbow, rainbow, way up, up high. Oh, uh, God. I don't and know the words. Go, and then, well, then I go, la, 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 la. Why, oh, why can't I... I Somewhere over the rainbow. You've got to pick an easier song. That's an extremely hard song. How about Amazing Grace? Want to try that one? Oh, Oh, God. Okay. Ready? Amazing (laughs) Grace. How sweet sweet the sound. I have a request. I have a request. A wretch like me. Ladies, I have a request. I once was Happy lost. I have a request. Could, could you sing a song that I want? Yeah, yeah. Could you both sing Far, Far Away? We don't know that one. <laughs> I don't know that one. You know what, Sarah? What? I don't care how terrible we sound or how many people hate us. We are as we are God's children like anybody else's, and if we want to sing, we're allowed to. Is this? Yeah, your, is this? I'm, hang I'm on. I, you know what I did? I went out and bought a red robe. And I went out for Halloween and sang all night long at the karaoke. You're my hero. Yeah, and that sounded scary. And Halloween is probably the right time. You're my hero. Sarah, you're a sweetheart. Thanks so much. Thanks. Have a good day. Okay, hon. Bye-bye. I bye, think bye. God said to make a joyful noise. He didn't right. say it had to be on key. Exactly. Think, and I, we are very joyful. I think this is Joan Baez. Is it? I think. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Don't yell at me. I've just, I just said, I think it's Joe Biden. It sounds like Joe Biden. God, that's a voice, huh? Well, here's what I know. I don't know a lot, but I think in heaven, if Sarah and I get there, we will be singing on key. Yeah. And if the rest of us are with you in the other place, it will be hell. <laughs> about Sarah. She got her feelings hurt. She got her heart broken, but it didn't stop her. Here's what she I take keeps away. On going. Here's what I take away from that experience. If she sang, if, if the pastor actually let her sing, she probably would have been drowned out. But when he said for her to do that, just mouth the words, she carried that with her for a half a century. That's yeah. what that's what we can do to a child a, sometimes. It lays a scar upon the heart yeah. that never fully yeah. heals. That's right. Now I agree that my singing has laid a scar upon y'all that will never fully heal. But life is messy.
It's Bob and Sherry. Ways to get in touch with the Bob and Sherry Show. Stick your head out a window and yell, Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hey, Bob and Sherry! Get the Bob and Sherry free app for your phone and leave us a talkback message. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Email us through the Bob and Sherry website, bobandsherry.com, or email us hello at bobandsherry.com. Or you can call 1-844-52-SHERRY. Hello, Bob and Sherry. Leave us a DM on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Or you can just kick it old school and yell out the window. Hey! Bob and Sherry! I am Sergeant Chloe Brees with the 1133rd from Farley, Iowa, wishing you a Merry Christmas from Romania. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. Now, we want you to have a joyous Christmas and one that's filled with merriment, but we cannot get drunk on Christmas. It's just, it's not a good idea. And Joni is with us, one of our listeners right now. And we don't know this story, but I understand your father got drunk on Christmas. That's not good, Joni. Not just my dad. Uh, There's nine, my mother has nine siblings. And all the men, her brothers and brother-in-law, left my grandmother's house after we'd done our Christmas there. And and ironically, we all lived behind the VFW when I was growing up. So they all go to the VFW club, and when we get home two hours later, all nine of my uncles and my dad are blitzed. They are drunk, stumbling, falling, it was kind of funny now, looking back on it. But, but it wasn't open... funny that night. Were, are, were they all veterans? No, there was no veterans there. Oh, they just um, wouldn't hang out at the VFW. They just went to the yeah. VFW because they got a bar. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that we also lived right behind you, there. So right. you said, yeah, which was ironic. Yeah. Well, at least they weren't driving. Um, so, so what was it like <laughs> having 10 drunken men stumbling around the holiday celebration? Well, I was really probably about eight small and really didn't care until my mama lit in on them but they had opened every single gift that was under the tree you know this is this would be the one reality show that i actually would stay with (laughs) nine drunken uncles nine drunk nine drunken uncles (laughs) (laughs) ten pissed off women (laughs) and they they opened all of the christmas gifts all every single gift they said that when they got home and it was like that, and Santa didn't wrap any of the presents because he was running late. I remember that. So they unwrapped even the kids' gifts? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shameful. Nine men unwrapped all our presents, and I was probably seven or eight. Do you still live behind the VFW? No, I moved. moved. I bet you did. I don't know why you yeah. would, because real estate's always about location, location, yeah, location. Is. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Very true. Is Lamar still with you guys? Yes, I am. He's right here. Yeah, go ahead. You want to say something to him, John? I do. Thanks, Bob. Hey, Lamar. I'm from Georgia also. God bless you. That makes two of us. (laughs) What part of Georgia Georgia are you from? South Georgia. There you go. I was up in the northeast part. Well. We was a little hoity-toity up there, but I understand. (laughs) (laughs) South Georgia really (laughs) north? Oh, you're going to call South Georgia Northern Florida. (laughs) Oh, no, no. South Georgia is 100% better than Northern Florida. How do you feel about South Georgia as opposed to North Georgia, where Lamar hails from? I love North Georgia, around Helen. Everybody in South Georgia wants to move north. Oh, I've been to Helen, Joni. So have I. 
It's like it's like Yodelay who It's the Swiss Alps. It's a little touch. It's a little touch of Sweden in Georgia. Is it Sweden or Germany? I can't remember. It's a cross. It's a cross. I'm sure they have a VFW up there in Helen, also. But either are. I wanted to tell Lamar that ever since I've been listening to you guys, he told the story about um, his family would wake him up and make him go to the garden, and he said it's of the devil. It is of yes. the devil. <laughs> I'm right behind you, man. It, it sucks. See, every, every kid in Georgia had to get up and go into the garden, and it's a terrible We lie. did. Six o'clock in the morning, and then we had to shell peas and pick peanuts off the vines. I'm going... Summer sucks. I'd rather be at school. <laughs> but I'm with you there. <laughs> People in northern Florida right now are saying, boy, I'm glad I'm living where I'm living. <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking orange juice. Yeah. Well, listen, Johnny, you have a great, Merry great Christmas. Christmas, okay? Thank you, guys. I'll have one also. All right. All right. Take, Take care, care Joni. And thanks to all... John Denver. I don't want Let's to listen to this one. You can see You came home Quarter past eleven Fell down underneath Our Christmas tree <laughs> Here we go Please, Daddy Don't get drunk this Christmas I don't want to see my mama cry You know, sadly, that's a good drinking song. It is. You have some experience. I mean, it's a good drinking song. I just say it's got that beat to it. It's got that mournful yodeling kind of thing going. You thought "Please Come Home for Christmas" was sad. This is really ground zero. All right, one more time. Here we go. Everybody. Don't get drunk this Christmas. I don't want to see my mama cry. Please, Daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas. I don't want to see my mama cry. You know, some trucker just tuned in and thought to himself. These Christmas music radio stations are scraping the barrel now. (laughs) You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.
I am Sergeant Chloe Brees with the 1133rd from Farley, Iowa, wishing you a Merry Christmas from Romania. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. All right, good news, everyone. Psychologist Dr. Rosie Gilderthorpe and Professor Caroline Mayer have teamed up to tell you what your ugly Christmas sweater reveals about your deepest, innermost personality. I've been waiting for this. Because there are, you know, there's all different kinds of ugly Christmas sweaters. Like, I have a collection of them that have cats and stuff on them that people give me. I saw one not too long ago that had um, llamas on it. You see them with, like, sort of slogans, and I've seen political ones, and we'll start with what it means when you wear a political-themed Christmas sweater. Dr. Gilderthorpe says, you're telling everyone that you are clever, an intellectual giant, and a friendly narcissist. You're looking to stir up conversation, and you're not afraid to be challenged. And I am not standing near you at the holiday punch bowl. No. In fact, if I see someone coming toward me, and they've got a political theme to anything on, I take three immediate steps in the opposite direction. Right. Um, next up, um, slogans that are a little bit like they're funny, but they're aggressive, like a picture of a scowling Santa and cheer up you old grumpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, that means you're socially anxious. You're trying to come across like you're the life and soul of the party. Um, but when you see someone with a sweater that says, I'm sexy and I snow it, you could be looking <laughs> you could be looking at someone who's just so nervous. <laughs> So nervous, so afraid to be boring, so afraid to be uninteresting. I mean, if you have that, it probably exists. It does. I'm sexy and I snow it. Um, How long can you wear that? You know, I mean, once everybody's seen it one time. Well, you trot them out. Like, I mean, you wear your ugly Christmas sweaters a couple times and then they get put away till next Christmas. Does it have to have a saying, I'm sexy and I snow it, uh, um, to be an ugly Christmas sweater? No, no. No, That's just that category. Yeah, that category. The next category is any um, ugly Christmas sweater or T-shirt that is um, themed to a movie or a band or a video game or whatever. Like, I have a Buddy the Elf shirt that says, Santa, I know him from the movie, right? Right, right. People who wear those crave genuine corrections, connections. This is a person who wants you to know that they are cool. They are looking for a genuine connection with you. They want you to ask about their sweater. They want to get to know other humans on a beyond the small talk level. Does that not describe me, though, exactly? It does. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Um. And, and they want to talk about whatever the movie or band or TV show or whatever the Christmas thing is that they're wearing. Right. They want to tell you about it. Next up, the person who's wearing a Christmas sweater, but it's not really a Christmas sweater. Like, it looks kind of festive. Maybe it's bright red or it's one of those Fair Isle sweaters that look like, you know, an alpine ski instructor would right, wear. Right, right. Yeah. It's not obviously a Christmas sweater, but you can tell they're making an effort. This is a person who cannot abide small talk. That's me. I knew it. I was waiting for I you to recognize the red yourself. Sweater. Yeah, not the ski instructor's sweater, but the red sweater. These are the kind of choices made by people that are a little more cautious. Those They're going to the party, but they don't really know a lot of the other people there very well. Yeah. And so they want to be like, ho, ho, ho. I'm, I'm trying to fit in. But what they really want to be is, 
ho ho home, please, yeah, as quickly right, as possible. Right, right. Doesn't that describe it? You? Is. It okay. is. Yeah. If you have a holiday sweater, a Christmas sweater that has like flashing lights, like maybe it's a big silly Rudolph and his nose actually lights up. This is kind of a Todd thing, I mm-hmm. feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, this person is a true extrovert. They get their energy and their buzz from being around others, but they feel really drained when they're on their own. They seem to not need sleep as long as they have a crowd around them. Is that not that Todd? That is Todd, yeah. Um, and flashing lights att- attract people and draw attention. And so it's like uh, it's like you're not just at the party, you are the party. See, I think flashing lights, whether it's um, earrings or sweaters or pants or hats or whatever, that that's a woman thing for me. You wouldn't wear, well, I mean, you wouldn't wear a sweater with Rudolph on it anyway. No. But if you had a Rudolph no. sweater with a great big nose that lit up? I wouldn't, no. I Tell me why. I, I just don't think it's masculine. It's a feminine thing. See, I don't think it's a gendered thing at all. I think it's a silly thing. Yeah, you Do you think it's a feminine or masculine thing? No, I think it's a, I have a great uh, Christmas sweater with a llama in a sweater with a scarf on it and I wear that and the scarf actually comes off and then I've got my top hat which has got the snow that goes around it and the jingle bells and that's the yeah. mayor of Christmas Village hat now but that's, I but that's and, different from having little lights on your sweater uh, you know what? if his llama's lit up he'd wear it yeah I'd wear a lit up llama a yeah. llama yeah I, I mean the scarf alone is hanging down like the yeah. llama's wearing a scarf it's whimsical and you do it's like whimsical. a good it's whimsical thing yeah I, I, I have the right, though, to say that I don't want to you wear lights, no one is wear lights you in my hair. Oh, oh, here he comes. Look at this ass. He's got lights in his hair. You know? This I'm is, not going to do that. Listen to me. This is still America. Thank you. No one's going to force you to wear a right. light-up reindeer sweater. But I love it when women have it. Would they have, like, those hanging Christmas uh, bulbs from their ears? But you shouldn't. You shouldn't judge Todd, who's wearing a light-up sweater, as being not masculine. Well, Todd is masculine, but I, I just don't think that that's a masculine Because I'll show you how masculine I am by taking the lights off my sweater and wrapping it around your throat. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, well, um, let's pause. He's trying to murder I, me. I, I, well, you attacked yeah, him. I mean, I you're coming. Um, I'll do a couple more of these. Let me break right here. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. In the current Oddcast, we talked to Sean Kipe about his true crime podcast, In the Red Clay, and a 50-year-old murder that's been solved. Or has it? The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast. The Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app. At bobandcherry.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Use the talk back feature, talk back feature on the free Bob and Sherry app and leave us a message. All right, so uh, a team of experts have come together to uh, figure out what your ugly Christmas sweater choice reveals yeah, about your experts. innermost personality. And right. So far, so good. We feel like it's been dead on. If you have a Christmas sweater that has things hanging off of it, tinsel, baubles, pom-poms, bells any of that Mm -hmm. you're a tactile person it encourages touching so if you are someone who doesn't like to be touched don't buy that sweater right because that sweater screams for people to come up and touch you what what sort of things on it you know things hanging off of it like christmas balls and tinsel and bells and all of that well just tell them not to touch don't touch yeah right yeah exactly 
Um, if you have a Christmas sweater that looks like a costume, like you know those sweaters you've seen that look like it's a sweater, but it looks like a Santa suit or an elf or an elf suit. Yeah. Um, in fact, I just saw I was in Target last night, and I just saw a really cute version of that. Anything that looks like a full costume could say that deep down you're not really happy. You're a person who's trying to live a Christmas fantasy. You know, maybe Christmas is hard for you, but you're you're working so hard that's, at being that's in the much. spirit. That, that, that's just the person that is. They're kind of uh, a natural entertainer. And they're in the holiday spirit, and they're looking to get a few laughs from people. I mean, I don't think it's that deep. You're hiding your pain under Stop your it. elf costume. <laughs> you know what I also saw at Target last night, Bob? You know those, we talked about doing this last year with you. Those men's suits. It's yeah. a full men's suit. Yeah. And it's all green with white Christmas trees or something like that. Max and Todd and I have agreed that if you will wear it, we'll chip in and pay for it. No, I don't want to wear it. Please just wear it once. It's, just wear know, it it's one almost time. Christmas. You would look so good. Okay, that's good. I'll, as soon as I go out here, but I hope I don't forget to wear it next week. I, you know, <laughs> no, I just, no. I'm going to go buy it. Just know that it's no, bought. There's a catch. It's already bought. We'll buy it. And you have to wear it, but you have to let us take pictures of you. And no. post them on our website. You know, you know. I was just, I, I have something that's even more embarrassing than that. That has to do with Christmas sweaters. I just thought of it. I don't, I don't have any crazy Christmas sweaters. I think I have a red sweater somewhere. It's about as close to it. But when I got into skiing years and years ago, I, I only ski once every couple of years now. Uh, I'm talking about downhill skiing. I really got into it. I mean, I became obsessed with it. And eventually I end up skiing with some friends, a bunch of people in Colorado. And so we're at Steamboat Springs in Colorado. And I went into one of the ski shops and they had all of these, the ski wear. And of course, I've just, all I'm skiing in is blue jeans and a, you know, like some sort of a jacket. And you like an outfit. I saw this green sweater. It was a turtleneck forest green sweater with, for some reason, and, and I guess great skiers do this. It had really, really, really big, loose arms. So, like, if I put my, my arms out, it was like I was a bat. Like a flying squirrel. Like a, like a bat or a flying squirrel. And I don't know what got into me, but I put that thing on and I went, yes. And I started wearing it, like, to work. I... Off, off the slope. And my arms would come out, and people would look at it, and they go, "What is that? What is? What are you, a bat? Is that what it was designed for to make you more aerodynamic as you came no down the hill I, or, on or your may, skis? Maybe it kept the, the heat in, or whatever it was. But it was the most asinine-looking thing in real life, off of this, off of the slopes in is Colorado. Is that why you don't want to wear fun clothes now because someone hurt your feelings when you wore your flying squirrel sweater? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Oh, you nailed it. Like you always do. That, that thing was like, it was like, I mean, way back then it was like 50 bucks. It was just ridiculous. What do you, what do you care if people call you the flying squirrel behind your back? Why do you care? Live your life. Um, because I still have at least a little bit of dignity. But if you don't know, then what you don't know doesn't hurt you. I'm the flying squirrel, everybody. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. 
I'm Prophet Odell from Maine. Happy holidays. Back home. Hey, this is Lieutenant Christian Patnado, currently assigned to Camp Arajan, Kuwait, with the uh, 369 Sustainment Brigade uh, from Long Island, New York. Uh, I just want to wish everybody Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I'll be home soon. Love you guys. It's Bob and Sherry. All right, so I'm flipping through my uh, current issue of Cosmo Magazine. And I see the headline, holiday stuff you can totally blow off. And because it was Cosmo, I had to read it twice to make sure I understood the context. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's a 50-50 shot. Woo! Because I'm looking at that and I yeah. thought, I am not doing that with a glass ornament. But, um, <laughs> Cosmo. But um, there are six things that Cosmo says you can totally blow off. Let's see if we disagree. These okay. are holiday pressures and stresses. Okay. First off. I always I always get so excited when I see when where I about where I line up with Cosmo. <laughs> um, this one, but you you know what? Because you're uh, you like to do uh, holiday stuff. You like to be like hosty and kind of do holiday. You do. You act like you don't, but you secretly one, do. You just you just don't event, want it to maybe. last past ten p.m. Correct. That big five course dinner party you you feel like you should throw. You don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You just don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. Nobody's expecting it. It's going to be stressful for you. Cosmo says, blow it off. You know what Mary said the other day? Because we haven't had a turkey celebration for Thanksgiving in like four years now. I know. Because the kids go other places and it's just us. And she said, yeah, and it's going to stay that way. I ain't doing that big ass turkey dinner until your girls are old enough or want to contribute. I want to see some casseroles or something being brought in here. I'm not doing all of that. She's already got a plan. Not until her daughters and mine are, are going to cough up, up some mac and cheese. Yeah, She's that's not right. Doing it. Um, the next thing that Cosmo says we can totally blow off is obligatory festive attire. You don't have to get yourself a Christmas sweater. You don't have to wear the wacky reindeer antlers at work. You just don't. You can believe in Christmas without dressing like a clown. Yeah, that's true. Now, that said, you do. I do like, like a red sport jacket. You do. It's not uh, Christmas for you unless you yeah. have that. Next thing Cosmo says we can blow off, December diet stress. Look, you're going to do some eating. You're just going to do it. Accept it. Stop beating yourself up about it and practice a little bit of restraint and deal with it in January. Yeah, that's right. Otherwise, you're, you're eating it anyway. You're eating And, and now you're you, not enjoying and it. And you feel like crap and then you yeah. hate yourself. Not worth it. That's good. That's good. Um, Cosmo I, says, I can't believe I, I agree with Cosmo so much. I saw in one of your Cosmos once another thing I agreed with, but, you um, know, we can't. We'll talk about talk that about later that in later. the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, holiday stuff you can totally blow off. Uh -huh. So far, you and Cosmo. Just like, like this. that. Um, extraneous social activities with relatives you dislike. Guess what? You mm. don't have to. Yeah. Now, you may have to sit next to your cousin Barry or whatever at Christmas dinner, but you don't have to go to the open house or the drop-in or the eggnog party or the cookie swap or whatever it is that Sometimes you don't want to do. Sometimes you do if your wife wants you to do it. Well, you know, I disagree with that one. What are you going to say? Let's say we, you don't hate these people, but you really don't want to be around them. And they're friends of hers or their relatives. I'm not speaking of my own life, but I've had this, you know, in the past. You still have to go. Otherwise, you're that guy. You should try what I do to Kevin. Like I tell him, this is, this is coming up. You're going to hate it. You don't have to come. However, this other thing that's coming up that you're going to hate, I need you to show. Oh, so there's not 
it's you're not piling on Mm-mm. and i ruin. pick and choose yeah yeah like here's something that you're just gonna hate and there's no need for you to suffer save yourself go mm-hmm. but i'm gonna need you mm-hmm. at aunt philomena's cookie swap where we put presents in uh saint nicholas's shoe i'm gonna need you to do that you know you're a good wife to step back and consider him that yeah. way that's that's very good and that's you know reasonable you know what? I I rough his chops up. I don't bust them. There's a difference. Now, next thing. So, so far, you disagree with Cosmo. <clears throat> you can't blow off extraneous social events with relatives you don't like. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to suck it up. You don't have to send out a My Life is Perfect holiday card. If you don't get around to it this year, you didn't get around to it. Mm-hmm. Boom. End of drama. Mm-hmm. Game over. You didn't do it. Mm-hmm. The world continued to spin. Not your problem. You know, when I was single... For a while, and people would send me their cards. I didn't send anything back because I don't know. <laughs> Merry Christmas from Bob. Whose yeah. Bobby is sad and all <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and finally, now this next one, this one plagues you a little bit. I think you're going to have to get your inner <sighs> Cosmo girl out and work on it. Ready? Don't say that. Just don't say <laughs> that. Take that, Todd. Cut that out, please. Don't let that see the light of day. Please, Todd, I'm begging you. Don't put that in best of and it runs for like 20 years. Please don't, Todd. The inner, his inner Cosmo girl. <laughs> don't say it again. Cut that one out, too. His inner Cosmo girl Cut out sure that was looking lively at the other suggestion in this month's issue. Well, that was a good suggestion. <laughs> I've never done it, but... Just make sure you stretch first. Yeah, Because exactly. you don't want to rip an ACL. Thank okay. you. Um, you don't have to go through an exhausting search for the perfect gift for basically a distant acquaintance. Yeah, that's true. That's one you really get something basic. Over. Yeah, that could waste a lot of time. You can let that go. Yeah. So, with the exception of um, going to stuff you don't want to go to with relatives and people you don't don't like, say it. Don't say it. The Bob and Sherry store is crowded with all kinds of great merchandise. It's always something. Including the new It's Always Something coloring book. It's always something. A coloring book for exhausted adults. Plus Sherry's cookbook, Cooking with Cats, the book of Bob. I know I'm a blowhard. He's a double blowhard. Mixes from the scone goddess. Ah. Candles. Mother of all mothers merch. And much, much more. Come check out the Bob and Sherry store. Conveniently located on the shop tab at bobandsherry.com I'm Sergeant Mort Evans Beton currently assigned to uh, 2ID uh, HHB 210 from Ghana um, uh, in the States I'm from Denver, Colorado well my message to everybody out there like my family, friends it's just it's the birth of Christ right so just go out there celebrate his birth take care of yourself pray if you have to and then just let this celebration uh, fill in your hearts, and then you have a good one. Love you all. It's Bob and Sherry. Oh, I'm not believing my eyes, Craig. Tell everybody about your company Christmas party. Oh, you're going to love this. So, and this was under the category of team building. <laughs> <laughs> and we all erupt into laughter. <laughs> all right, so... So I work for a company, it's a large company, and we're, we're, we're geographically all over the place, but I happen to work in an office where my team, I'm not, you know, I'm kind of alone. Uh, there is one other guy, but he was out of town on vacation, but my, my manager wanted us to have a, 
a really great, you know, team building exercise Christmas party where we would have a video conference and we would all kind of have lunch together. So <laughs> are on, you kidding you're me? This, you're making no, this I up. I kid you not. What, what so did you, what did you have? What did you eat for uh, the, uh, the video conference Christmas party? Covered dish, you know, like potluck or whatever. But I'm the only one in my... In my in this conference room, and it's like twelve seats, and just me and a TV screen. <laughs> and your covered dish. And my covered dish. Oh, I just went and got a slice of pizza and, and, a, and a bag of M and M's. I mean, you I, were sitting alone in a conference room. Yeah. Craig, this so is the saddest there. thing I have ever heard. How did it go down? Well, there's there was like you know twelve people in another room and another you know you know somewhere else, and then actually there was another two people in another location. Um, somewhere, uh, somewhere else. But so I'm sitting in this conference room by myself, having the pizza and the M and M's and the Coke, and they're all having a good little time, you know, having swapping food around because they all brought their covered dish. And I'm sitting there, having my pizza, looking at the screen, watching people have a good time. It was so, it was so surreal. Did anybody just, come over and speak to you at all? Like, oh, no, put their they, face you know, into the camera? They yeah. were? Okay. So you were a part of things, even though you were all yeah, and, alone. and I was sitting at the head of this table, and there was a whiteboard behind me, and I was really kind of slightly bored about the whole thing. So I, I started drawing pictures of, like, an arrow running through my head and stuff <laughs> like that. So just, you know, some of the people may have picked up on the humor of it, but... You know, I'm, I really it was, oh. and this is again file it under team building exercise, and, oh and ask yourself, God, what kind of a did, nut came up with that idea? Did you feel at the end of the party when you turned off the screen, Craig, and cleaned up your pizza plate? Did you feel you were part of the team? I was just want. I just want. You know what? I would have liked them to say, "Take the day off." You know, we're sorry yeah. you can't come and be with us, but or or take the. You know, I don't know. Take the morning off, but. And oh, the the funniest part was that this this is geographically disparate. I was in an, another you know time zone, and so my lunch was when their lunch was, and and so I'm waiting until like two thirty in the afternoon to have my lunch <laughs> at this lunch Christmas party, all alone in the conference room. And and what says festivity more than a conference room? <laughs> You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. I'm Air First Class T at Prince Alfred Air Base, currently deployed, and this goes out to Columbus, Georgia. Happy holidays. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. And love you, Willow. Here's Bob and Cherry. These are the top 10 weirdest Christmas specials ever produced for television. Oh, I like to hear this. All right, so let's start with uh, number 10. And by the way, when you've seen one of these, let me know, okay? Mm -hmm. Number 10 was produced in 1981. It's called The Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. It has nothing to do with Christmas. There's a banshee named Old Mag the Hag. Everyone has an Irish accent. And the 
Look, I got nothing beyond the Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. It's about some leprechauns and a banshee. The the only reason that it's a Christmas movie is because it has the word Christmas in it. They just used it to market at the Christmas time of the year. That's all. And it's a Rankin Bass. So oh, yeah. it's those it's that claymation stop yeah, motion, whatever yeah, that animation yeah. is. Did you ever like that that claymation? Oh, I love like Rudolph Gumby. the Red Nosed Reindeer. Like the classic Rudolph. Yeah, I love I forgot, Rankin Bass. I forgot. Yeah. yeah, that was one. Um, number nine came out in 1985. And um, this is called The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. And there, this is being described as, quote, the atheist's best choice for a Christmas special as it attempts to explain every single Christmas tradition without using an ounce of religion. Huh. Limited audience. Um, there, uh, this this one features the Council of Immortals, Santa being raised by fairies, and a lioness, and a battle between the immortals that includes a dragon. And this was also Rankin and Bass. And in fact, really? it was the very last Rankin and Bass Christmas special they ever made. Might have been a reason for it. 1987. A claymation Christmas celebration. This one, Bob, um, was hosted by dinosaurs. Huh. And the dinosaurs were a T-Rex and um, a Styracosaurus, and they showcased their Christmas talents. And joining them in this were the California Raisins. Do you remember the animated yeah. California Raisins? Wow, this is bizarre. I remember seeing this. You remember seeing this movie? Yes, because it had this California Raisins. Yeah. And it was like, it was like, it was, they they had just entered their fourth minute of fame. Yeah. So in this, in this show, which is called A Claymation Christmas Special, the two dinosaurs are arguing with each other over the proper, appropriate way to celebrate Christmas. And in between that, the California Raisins sing Christmas carols, but like they're the Temptations. You can't tell me people in show business aren't on drugs. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'll tell you what, if you had some high-grade pot and watching that, that's a night's entertainment, man. You know what, Max? While we're doing this, let's come back. If you can find the California Raisins singing the Christmas carols... Um, while I'm doing these next ones, we'll come back to it. Okay, number seven on the list, 1978, the Star Wars Holiday Special. I do remember this. Chewbacca and Han Solo. It was Solo, horrible. Chewbacca and Han Solo visit Chewbacca's home planet to celebrate Life Day, which is not Christmas. And it's not really clear in the show if Life Day and Christmas are similar. You do meet uh, Chewbacca's family. They are pursued by agents of the Galactic Empire. And it has so little to do with Christmas that they could have released it on the 4th of July and nobody would have known. This is how big Star Wars was in the 1970s. Yeah. That they could put a piece of crap like and that on. And it was crap. And, and it would be sold. Okay, so now we come to um, number six on the weirdest Christmas specials ever made. This is from 1970. And this one's called Bewitched Sisters at Heart. So here is, that's right, witches at Christmas time. <laughs> here is the plot of that. Um, is it like the bewitched Samantha bewitched? or? Yes. Elizabeth Montgomery? Elizabeth Montgomery, yeah. Um, it opens with an introduction where Elizabeth Montgomery, as Samantha, um, does an endorsement for Oscar Mayer uh, meat, lunch meat. Tabitha, so there's witches and devils. Tabitha briefly appears in blackface. Tabitha just wants to be sisters with her African-American friend Lisa, and to make them look more alike, 
Tabitha uses witchcraft to zap black polka dots onto her body and white ones onto Lisa. And then at one point, Tabitha goes into blackface to try to be more like Lisa. And then the whole thing ends and no one knows why it was even produced. That is one of the more bizarre things that I've ever heard. And I've never heard of that one. As far as um, television production. So um, now we arrive at number five. And this was 1998. The X-Files, How the Ghosts Stole Christmas. Um, It feels, it's really dark. It opens on Christmas Eve with Mulder asking Scully to go with him to check a haunted house. And even though she has holiday plans with her family, Mulder steals her car keys and off they go. And while they're there, Mulder tells Scully that a couple that used to live there made a murder-suicide pact in 1917. This is their Christmas episode, by the way. The ghosts eventually show themselves. The ghosts are played by Ed Asner and Lily Tomlin. (laughs) Is this a put-on? No, this was legit. So let's pause here. I have the California Raisins singing on that special. All right. Well, let's pause. Four, three, two, one. I have four, three, two, and one coming up. Okay. And we'll play the California Raisins for you. That's a reason to keep late for work. What what did Ed Asner uh, portray? The ghost. A ghost. In the X-Files. It's Bob and Sherry. Hello, I'm First Lieutenant Johnny Chavils. I am with the 34th Cost here in Camp Everton, Kuwait. And I just wanted to give you guys a holiday shout out. I love you all so much. And this shout out goes to my sister, Sierra, and my brother. And I hope you all are doing well. Say hello to Chloe for me. <laughs> Here's Bob and Sherry. So we're, we're talking about the top 10 weirdest Christmas specials of all time that have been on TV. And number um, uh, eight on the list was the Claymation Christmas Celebration which starred two dinosaurs arguing about how Christmas should best be celebrated and co-starred the animated California Raisins singing Christmas carols in the style of The Temptations and Max Founder. There's Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen Comet and Cupid and Donner It is kind of a, it's kind of really good, isn't it? 
it's, isn't it? Yeah, they're just bending blues notes on that song. It's and the claymation, um, the claymation raisins is yeah. really good. Yeah. All right, so we're up to number four, um, and this was 1996. The Munsters' scary little Christmas. So the Munsters was a TV show, and I don't know, like the 60s, late 60s. And yeah. so in the late 90s, they brought it back. Um, and and here is here is what it was. The Munsters gather together to give Eddie Munster the traditional Transylvanian Christmas because Eddie's homesick for Transylvania. Now, what's weird about this is at no time in the original Munsters series did anybody mention Transylvania. And as far <laughs> no. as you knew, Eddie was just an American kid in the purse. <laughs> oh, right. Um, Herman loses his job and ends up having to work as a nude model. Eddie gets bullied at school. Grandpa Munster accidentally transports Santa and the elves to the Munster's house after an experiment goes wrong. The look it's, on your face right now. It's pretty bizarre. I'm going to guess face. that none of the original cast was in that because it would have been what? That's a when good was, question. When was 1996. that? 1996. No. Uh, maybe Max no can way. look up. There's a no Munster's. Way. No, I'm, I'm looking at this and it's none of the original characters. No, I didn't and think it's, so. This is. <laughs> Well, Eddie would have been a grown middle-aged man at that point, You, you right? want to hear something really weird about the Munsters? I don't know why I remembered this, but the original cast, Grandpa, his name was Al something. Lewis. Al Lewis. And Al Lewis was like an old vaudeville entertainer, yeah. and you know he picked up acting parts here and there, and probably Grandpa Munster was maybe his biggest part of all time. So the show runs its you know, course, and what's he going to do? You know, Not that many right. gigs for Grandpa Munster anymore. So you could walk by a particular bar in New York City, and he would be standing outside welcoming you in. So you're walking along, and there's Grandpa Munster. I'd go in the bar. I'm not going to lie. I'd go in the bar. Um, number three on the list, 1982, Christmas Comes to Pac-Land. And that, of course, was capitalizing on the Pac-Man mania. Oh, yeah. Um, Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man, Pac-Baby, and Pac-Dog walking through a wintry forest collecting power pellets when they find angry ghosts, and then Santa shows up. You know what the best thing about learning about all these TV shows has been for me? That in America, we haven't commercialized Christmas. At all. <laughs> At all. There are two more. How much we time do we tr- have? We, we have, have no time. time. Right Just now. call Mr. them out fast. Mr. T is involved. No kidding. All right, we got it. We're going to have to pull it over the bottom of the hour break next. Because right. I got to tell you about the worst two weirdest Christmas specials ever. <laughs> You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Hello, I'm Lieutenant Colonel George Ambling from Sheboygan, Wisconsin. I'm deployed out here to Camp Kosciuszko, Poland with the 4th Expeditionary Air Support Operations Squadron. I'd like to wish a Merry Christmas to my wife, Bree, and my children, Theo, Cam, and Ava, back in Joint Base Lewis-McChord, Washington. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. Get the new Bob and Sherry app. Instantly get the podcast and oddcast. We did not get to the top two weirdest Christmas TV specials of all time, and they're so weird, there's no way to not do them. Number number two on the list was in 1984. It's called A Christmas Dream, and it co-stars Emmanuel Lewis. Do you remember Emmanuel Lewis? Yes. And Webster. Webster. That's right, yeah. And Mr. T. It's so bad, it's good. Emmanuel Lewis plays a latchkey kid who's wandering the city streets looking for Christmas cheer. And that's not a recipe for uh, a terrible tragedy. Problems, yeah. 
a sidewalk Santa Claus played by Mr. T, of course, helps Emmanuel Lewis find Christmas spirit. David Copperfield, the magician, has a cameo part. Um, And among the crazy adventures that Emmanuel Lewis and Mr. T get up to, they try to solve the mystery if the baby Jesus ever smiled. And Mr. T gives some incredible Mr. T-flavored speeches with lines like, the blessed of us have to save the rest of us. Oh, dear. It's something. You know, can you think of, can you think of another holiday that has been so I hate to use the word bastardized than than Christmas? These are some of the most horrible ideas for television shows that I've ever heard. Here's the thing, like the other holidays they make the shows about like Halloween. Yeah. Um are not celebrating the birth of the Christian Savior. No, but the, so I agree with you. Like, there's nobody goes to Halloween, town on that. Like, like a Halloween they do on special can can be scary or bizarre. Yeah, but there's general. It makes sense. These the Star Wars, these. the Star Wars Christmas going to you know Chewbacca's people's house makes absolutely no sense. These make no sense. No. All right. The number I, one. I have. This this Mr. T thing. Oh, I want to hear it. Wait, I think... Just one thing you don't know about that night, and that is that the baby smiled. From all the books that I've read, from all the songs that I've heard, from all the historical records that I've seen, and from all the theologians that have spoken, from all the scholars that have spoken, and the teachers, the preachers... Oh, come on. All right, I got the idea, T. And yes... Even the prophet, not one of them. Wow! And, so, and so that's so the concept. Was, to try I can to tell by it. looking at this on YouTube. Somebody yeah. recorded it on VHS because uh-huh. it's got all those little tracking issues. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and yeah you can yeah. tell that somebody recorded this, <laughs> then uploaded and posted this entire it. episode. It's up on YouTube. Everything is up. If you put in a manual Lewis, we'll, we'll we'll put it on ours. Wow. Oh, if you would, yeah. Because none of us have ever even heard of this. And finally, the very worst weird Christmas special ever made was a, a recent one in 2014. And it's called Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. You know what they all, here's what they all have in common. It's the flash in the pan thing. It's the thing of the moment. Capitalizing and, and on And then they just capitalize because it's Christmas time on it. So would you like to hear the plot of Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever? Go ahead. Um, Grumpy Cat is living in a pet shop and finally gets chosen by a 12-year-old girl. But the cat's grumpy expression starts to feel worrisome as she goes through a series of adventures and costume changes. And watching it, um, this, this critic says, You do have to wonder if any cats were harmed in the making of this special. Why is this cat so tired? Um, is the cat tired of doing all the publicity? Does the cat even care? This this entire movie serves to illustrate how weird it is to cash in on the internet sensation Amen. Grumpy Cat. Amen. And you you know what we, we just pointed out, or you just pointed out? Number two was, does the baby Jesus ever smile? Number one is, does Grumpy Cat ever smile? Ever smile. And something about the coupling of those two things just seems very wrong. So which of these, the Leprechaun's Christmas Gold, Life and Adventures of Santa Claus... Um, the one with the dinosaurs arguing and the raisins singing, Star Wars, the weird bewitch thing, um, the X-Files Christmas ghosts, the Munsters, the Pac-Man Christmas, 
Um, Mr. T or Grumpy Cat? Which one, I if think, you could only pick one, um, you want to watch? I, oh, that I, that I want to watch? You can only watch one. I, well, let me just say the most bizarre one was the Leprechauns, because that just makes absolutely no sense at all. And I'm well, going... I got to ask you why the dinosaurs are arguing about Christmas and the raisins singing seems rational, logical to you. You know, you got me. <laughs> Just le- leprechauns, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess I would want to watch Mr. T. Just because we we've, love had, Mr. we've T. had him in the studio and, you know, he was so much fun. I guess I would watch T. But that is just so bizarre. But once again, that kid was really hot at the time. T was really hot at the time. And all they do is they just look around and say, all right, what's happening right now? Let's just do some lame thing, tie it into Christmas. People will watch anything about Christmas. And back then, by the way, there were fewer choices. Why did we never get a Christmas special where... Santa needed the Budweiser Clydesdales to fill in for the reindeer. Remember when the Clydesdales were like a great thing? What would be something today that's really happening today that somebody would try to merchandise? Pokemon Go? Or you're not yourself when you're hungry, that Snickers campaign? Maybe, maybe Santa turns into like a hateful monster and puts everybody on the naughty list. And the whole special, we're trying to figure out, why is Father Christmas so angry? And then Mrs. Claus figures out that he needs a Snickers bar. Right. Because he's not himself when he's And and he's delivering to all the good dads and moms craft beer. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) You know what? We're on to something. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry store is crowded with all kinds of great merchandise. It's always something. Including the new It's Always Something coloring book. It's always something. A coloring book for exhausted adults. Plus Sherry's cookbook, Cooking with Cats, the book of Bob. I know I'm a blowhard. He's a double blowhard. Mixes from the scone goddess. Ah. Candles. Mother of all mothers merch. And much, much more. Come check out the Bob and Sherry store. Conveniently located on the shop tab at bobandsherry.com. Hi, my name is Marina Lucero. Um, I'm from Cabrera, New Mexico, and I just want to wish all my family back home a very Merry Christmas. I can't wait to see you guys. Love you. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. You know, we're making fun of like these weird, random holiday Christmas specials on TV where they they just take something and try to shoehorn a Christmas theme into it. But I want you to imagine if we were a TV show instead of a radio show, the Bob and Sherry Christmas special would this would be the plot. Are you ready? Lamar has lost the Christmas bacon. (laughs) Yeah, and which is a tradition every it's year. It's a tradition. The yeah. Christmas bacon. It just wouldn't be Christmas at the People's Movie Critics' House without the Christmas bacon. And we've tried to say, Bob said, well, can't you just go to the store and get some bacon? And the People's Movie Critic says, you don't understand, Bob. This is my mama's bacon. No, And he would say it like this. No, no. No. It has to be my mama's bacon. And so um, we, 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 all, we all team up together using our unique and special skills to try to help the people's movie critic find the Christmas bacon because he has told us if he can't find the Christmas bacon, he's not having Christmas. And we all know how much the people's movie critic loves Christmas. Right, right. So Bob, because Bob is good at, at, at buying things, 
Bob vows that he's going to find and buy Lamar the Christmas bacon. And Bob goes to J. Crew and Restoration Hardware. And what's that place in New York where you, you bought your new pants? Uh, Peter Manning. Peter Manning to get the Christmas bacon? No! And and then Todd says, Todd says, I know a guy, Lamar. By the way, how stupid am I to go to a men's clothing store looking for bacon? I mean, I just, <laughs> you know, hey, I, hey Bob. honestly, hey, Whole Bob, Foods, Bob, 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 you know. Mr. T helping Webster find the spirit of Christmas. Point well taken. Okay. Go ahead. Continue. Now, so while Bob is off trying to buy the Christmas bacon, Todd's like, don't worry, buddy. I got a guy. I know a guy who can get you the Christmas bacon. He's in Long Island. But there's something shady. We have yeah. to get Todd's cousin, Tony Ann. And when we call her, she takes the cigarette out of her mouth long enough to say, what kind of redneck has to have the Christmas bacon? And so that subplot's going. And right. then there's Max. And Max is like, I don't know, man. Maybe you're just going to have to skip Christmas this year. Maybe we can make you the Christmas bacon. And of course, I'm over here telling the People's Movie Critic to look on the bright side that maybe it's time to start a new tradition. But who solves the mystery of the Christmas bacon? The People's Movie Critic does. Because the lesson there is, is when we focus on our problems, we don't see the solution. And so at the very last minute after Bob has shown up empty-handed and Todd, frankly, has been arrested because his Christmas bacon scam was quasi-legal, Max has been plunged into despair and Lamar's hung up on me, the People's Movie Critic himself discovers that the Christmas bacon is what you make it. And he finds in his heart that last little ember of Christmas magic. And he's making bacon. And he's making bacon. And that is the Bob and Sherry Christmas can I magic. Can I comment and on, on no the plot? And that's no worse than, than no. the other 10 uh, that we can had. I, can I comment ago. on the plot of the uh, what I've noticed about your telling of the Bob and Sherry Christmas special? I've noticed that... Um, Max is kind of a kind but clueless person. Uh, Todd is a, uh, a a low level gangster, and I am so dumb that I'm trying to buy bacon in men's clothing stores. But you, of course, are the one who puts it all together, sees everything the way it should be seen, and the affable Lamar solves the problem without even trying. It's so Hollywood. <laughs> it's so insulting. <laughs> Hi. Uh, no, I, I, I don't need a sport jacket or anything. Where's the bacon? Bacon. No, not, not, it's not, uh, those are bacon co- colored pants, I understand. I want actual bacon here. I've, I've come a long way. Bob's good at buying things. (laughs) (laughs) I I know in Restoration Hardware here, basically you sell tan couches. (laughs) You have bacon. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. See you some other time. You've been listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Be sure to check out our website, bobandsherry.com. Download our free app, too. Get the odd cast, the podcast, and Bob and Sherry fun size instantly. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.